0: Nope. Touchdown, Washington. Yep. Yeah. Washington State University. Nope. No. Touchdown,
1: Washington. Yep. Yeah. Oregon and Stanford. Nope.
0: Touchdown, Washington.
1: Yep. Yeah. Is Arizona State a football team? Nope. No. Touchdown,
0: Washington.
1: Yep. Yeah. Welcome back to the one and only Dog Pod. It's week 10 in Pac-12 play. BT, Law Dog, and Mitch here. We've got a top 10 team in town, man. 1 p.m. on Fox. But before we get into that, i got to hear from both of you guys on your message to Husky fans. Let me give you just some stats, okay? The Dogs are 5-3. 2-3 in the Pac-12. 0-3 in the North. Oh. What? 0-3 <laughs> in the North. Can you believe that? But three losses by 1, 10, and 5 points. If you think about some other stats real quick. Fifth in the conference of defensive scoring, giving up just 21.5. Fourth by yards allowed. Offensively, their third. 35.8 points a game. Just behind Oregon at 36 yards per game. Like they're sixth at 422 you look at our friends at 12 pack radio their beta rank has them at 36 defensively to utah's fourth wow so just some numbers right there that's the quantitative state of husky football but at the highest level that's who we are before we get into this big game against utah i want to hear from you guys give me your quick state of the husky union how should i feel as a husky fan right now
0: well, I mean, I think you you touched on something very important there, right? Three losses by one ten and four points to Oregon, and this team has been a really tough out this season and every season for the last four years. And uh, that Stanford game is the largest margin of defeat since the Peach Bowl to Alabama in twenty sixteen. Wow. Yeah. So yeah. They, they we did not lose by double digits for nearly three years on the football field. So, you know, didn't give up thirty points in all that time until that Oregon game last week, but. Close is not good enough, okay? Against Oregon, the offense was there. They did their part against what had to, had been the best defense in the conference, putting up 31 points. But the fourth quarter, it just has not been kind to this team in close games these last few seasons. And they cannot get off the field on defense. And they're not keeping the other team on the field when they're on offense. So um, let me just go through a little bit. I think a big, huge problem for this team has been third downs we're just not executing on third downs three for 13 against oregon including two fatal three and outs in the last three possessions of the game there just two for 12 against stanford there was a punt an int and a turnover on downs in the last three possessions and then six for 16 against cal and they had to settle for field goals on the last three possessions so those three losses the huskies are 11 for 41 on third down And in all three of those games I mentioned, the opponents had long scoring drives in the fourth quarter. So I mean it just this is not that used to be us, right? Winning these games and putting them away in the fourth quarter, and it just is not anymore. And I don't think you can blame it on any one thing. Okay? Your defense couldn't get a stop against any of those three teams late in those three losses. The defense barely laid a hand on a on the quarterback in any of those three games. No pressure. No pressure. Yeah, three sacks (laughs) against Cal, but one against Stanford and zero. Against the Ducks. So, third down efficiency has been brutal offensively, but what is the cause? I mean, you have receivers that haven't made plays. Drops were a problem against Cal and Stanford. So, this is what I want to get into here. Is it the play calling, right? I was much more patient with Jonathan Smith than a lot of people were in 2015. I think we all understood that, hey, working with young players. And then in 2016, that turned out to be right because you had John Ross and Miles Gaskin and Jake Browning, and you look great, and it's one of the best offenses in team history. So I think it's pretty reasonable right now, though, to look at Bush Hamden and say, you've got a junior gunslinger quarterback. You've got senior receivers. You've got a junior in Aukman. You've got the best offense. Like, what is going on offensively? So the Wildcat plays with the fourth string running back against Oregon were a total bust. Um, they admitted that they didn't run against Stamper when they got behind when they should have been, um, and as we talked about a lot on this on this podcast, guys, I mean they have a generational arm talent at quarterback, but they just don't let him throw down the field very often. So, uh, I mean, my speculation it this is speculation is that this is some combination of the coaches either drilling fear into Jacob Eason's mind about turnovers and so he doesn't attempt long passes or some combination of play calling where they're just limiting the scope of what his throws can do. So I'm not really like a fire of the coordinator type of guy, but I think this question really needs to be asked. Peterson came to Washington. He's the highest paid coach in the conference, and he hires a first-time coordinator in Jonathan Smith, and then he follows that up with another first-time coordinator in Bush Hamden, so, Jonathan Smith is doing pretty well on his own at Oregon State. Yeah, yeah. So that's right. I, I think I, I think it's fair to point the finger at the coach right now and say, "Hey, man, is this offense the way you want it producing? The way you want it to produce?" Because I, I just am not seeing it. So, especially in a season when we're really rebuilding on defense, right? This is where we really turn We really wanted this offense to kind of take a step forward this year. Yeah, and carry the team a little bit, and. It just hasn't. It's looked this way every year except for that 2016 season where it's just fits and starts, slow starts or slow finishes, not getting off the field or or not uh, keeping drives going on third downs. So I think Chris Peterson needs to look in the mirror and just say, hey, this isn't working, and actually hand over some control to somebody who's not in his inner circle and act like a top-ten program here and hire somebody who knows what they're doing and who's ready to – Kind of take the take the shackles off and really, um, you know, stretch it out a little bit. So, I, I mean, I just think I look around. I go, look. There's a lot to play for this season. Still, the program's in great shape, but there's just no excuse to lose to Cal at home. There's really no excuse to lose to this horrible Stanford team, and we know they could put up points and look great against FCS opponents at BYU, but. We need to do it against teams that matter, and from this point forward, that's what I am looking for as a Husky fan.
1: Like it. Sorry for the rant. I love it. Hey, let's hear. It's been way too long since we've heard the sweet, dulcet tones of Mitch. Yeah. What do you say, Mitch? Well,
2: uh, there's a lot to unpack there. I think the the first thing is I found myself. It's interesting over the last three games, just continuing to yell, "Run the rock, run the rock." Which is crazy because you have this generational arm talent to your point, um, law dog, in the backfield. Um, so I, I think there has there's a, there's a bunch of different reasons that go into it. I think there's been a bunch of drop balls um, that we've, we've all talked about before in the past. Um, but some of that might have to do with maybe like there's a little too much heat on some of those balls to some of those receivers, right? that like shallow crosses. Put it in the right place, but at the same time, you don't have to gunsling it too hard, right? Um, I don't know. It certainly is frustrating from the play calling at times. They look out of sync, they look out of sorts. I think my ultimate comments, though, is I took a little bit of a look at this. It's been a few dog pods since I've been on, and I've been really kind of soul searching for a little bit. And I think my ultimate comment here is we've got to relax a little bit, a little bit, right? Am I frustrated? Hell yeah, on what's been happening on, but, but what's been going on. But long gone are the seven-win Sark days, right? Think about the altitude that we're flying at now, right? We're expecting CFP. We're expecting Rose Bowls, right? You know, maybe not this season coming into it, but we're not talking about the Red Box Bowl here at the end of the season, which is where they expect. We might be.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> so my, my point, though, is, is we're at a way different altitude than we've been at. And we got a steady diet of four-star recruits that are now coming into the program. I think a lot of that does have to do with the stability of the coaching staffs, right? Um, For the most part. And the solid brand that's being established, right? It's not a revolving door. You know who you're going to play for, right? So there's a lot to be said for that. Now, my biggest angst, will some of these juniors stay? Are they going to stick around, right? Because that's where I think it's going to take to get over the hump is you're going to need some key players to not go to the draft. Maybe it's a Hunter Bryant that says, you know what? I haven't had the season that I was hoping for. I'm not going to go. I'm not going to hop last or two years ago. You had miles Gaskin who said he was going to stay, right? That was a huge difference. Great gain steady. Great Gaines. Stady, Greg Gaines. Year. Yeah. I think the focus on me on this coaching staff is can they recruit some of these guys to stay for their senior mm-hmm. yeah. year and then you pair that up with some of the talent that's coming in. There's Savelle Smalls, some of those other guys to really pop. And quite frankly, I'm going to be dig. I'm going to be disappointed if Jacob Eason makes the hop-, hop to NFL. Like, yes, does he have all the talent? Absolutely. But sometimes does he make bonehead decisions? Yeah, he does. Do I think he's ready for the NFL? I don't think he is. And I think it's up to this coaching staff to say, guys, look. If you we can develop you to get you yeah, in yeah. to a higher draft pick, a higher draft ground, and at the same time help them take the next step as a program to move forward, they're going to have to re-recruit some of these guys. And that is the test that I'm looking for to see if they can take the next step as a program.
1: I'd love to. You know, you're right because I, I hadn't thought of that, Mitch. Last year, everybody who could have gone went. I mean, maybe Miles Bryant stayed. He could have gone. like, But pretty much... Everybody left, and you think of next year. If you, you know, I don't want to get too far ahead, of, ahead of ourselves, but you're right. If like, you have an Eason, you have a healthy Richard Newton. You know, I mean you've got. I mean, it, it, it could it could be transformational. I, I'm probably more on the apologist side of, of thinking of like, yeah, like a, a, a ten win season is still in play. And if you look back at the body of the work, if we're winning two out of every four championships, etc. Like, are we generally pleased? Yes, but if this keeps repeating itself over time, which means every year. We have an unexplainable loss. Take the 2016 team out of it. every year. We have a what the hell happened to Cal? We just got like gut punched. ASU, Stanford. We keep having these year after year. Then I'm probably gonna take a little bit of look. You know, look in the mirror and say well, look, something big has to change. Overall, overall, from a fan's perspective, like I'm incredibly pleased with like in, enjoying how things are going and and get, get willing to give them a little bit of the benefit of the doubt. The Cal stuff, a little the the Oregon game, we can get into a fair amount, but there was a lot of stuff where at the beginning of that when I said, Wait a second, we don't have Fuller, we don't have McGrew, we don't have Newton, and the gap between them and Kamari Pleasant is massive in my opinion. Where yeah. like I I don't even know how we were still in the game. Like at that point. Well they like, brought we, out Cam
0: Davis to for a few carries. I mean sure. that's how desperate they were. That's how yeah. desperate they were.
1: Yeah. So but but like you have these unexplainable like Stanford losses to a team that like a Stanford and Cal team that this year are functioning like a buy for most teams that we lost to. But I'm probably with Mitch on that, where, like, ov- overall, like, I don't know. If you take, like, the pulse of Husky Nation is probably a li- little bit too panicked for my taste right now.
0: All right, well, let me take a log off uh, and just, you know, <laughs> let, it, let it simmer a little bit. I'm not saying fire the coach. I am saying I think that the coach isn't aiming as high as he could be with his coordinator. And I mm-hmm. think that that's an issue that I'm seeing repeat itself. And I agree. These issues can't just pop up once, and then all of a sudden we have a knee-jerk reaction. We have to take a step back and say, okay, is this an ongoing problem? And I, I think that's one area where yep. I think there has been an issue. Yeah. Um, yeah. And in terms of recruiting, and you talk about guys staying, I, I do not see Jacob Eason. I, I don't see him staying for his senior season. I hope uh, if he does, this team will be loaded. It will be yeah, stacked yeah. next year. I hope he does for the team's sake, but I don't see it happening. That said, even if he doesn't, everybody who you want to move on from this season will be graduating, your inside linebackers, your receivers, and everybody who you want to come back and who needs you know to take that next step forward will be coming back. So this could be a great team next year. So there's no reason to you know burn, the, burn it to the ground. Um, but I do think you know there is some frustration. We see how avoidable some of these things are, and that is really what is so frustrating. It's like being that
1: close, yeah, right. Versus versus like the Willingham years, where you're like, you're not that close, you're not relevant. This is a different yeah. thing. Yeah. And
0: and so let's say we get past the Utes this weekend. And we win out, which I think most fans are looking at, you know, this is the soft part of your schedule now at that that tail end after that Utah game. This team could be playing for 10 wins. And if they win 10 wins this season, that will be the first Husky team ever to win 10 games four years in a row, finish in the rankings four years in a row. That will be another accomplishment. So I I, I think there is a lot to play for. But you got to win Saturday.
1: That's right. And, and,
0: you know, that's so interesting that you
2: say that because – let's say they win out. If you look back on this season, I think the majority of Husky fans will still say it's been a disappointment, which is so it's crazy.
0: Well, you didn't win your division. You didn't beat your, your top rival. Rival, Right. And they, and you watch them go to the, you know, into the top 10. I mean, it's, it's painful. It's painful, Mitch. There's a reason we're not talking about it. (laughs) That's
1: right. That's right. Yeah, definitely. Well, I mean, I think we're probably all, all up more of a positive, uh, tone than Husky Nation is right now.
0: Yeah, but I had to blow some steam off there, you're right. I,
1: I, I, I'm as frustrated. I mean, walking out of the stadium last week against, uh, against Oregon, like, as frustrated as I've been in, in quite some time. And all of it, like, again, I always think with, this, with fans, like, if you think that you're disappointed in the season and you think that we could be doing better um, and you're frustrated with why was that play called made, should we have done it differently, Pete's thinking the same thing. Like yeah. you think Pete's oh, excited yeah. about the team yeah. right now and that we've lost these 3 games and where we're at right now and he's not like thinking back to shoot maybe we shouldn't have called A B and C and how can I get better? He's thinking all of those same all of those
0: same things. And I want to give him some credit. There have been times in the past when we said, "Hey, there's a real obvious decision to make here," and he's made it firing a position coach here or there or changing things where needed elevating jimmy lake to a position where we could keep him i mean there's he's done a lot of good things and 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 again i love chris peterson i think he is the right guy to lead the program that doesn't mean he is beyond reproach and beyond question and sometimes we look at this stuff and say hey this could have been a lot better and this was avoidable we saw it coming yep
1: all right, should we get on to this week, guys? It's a huge game.
0: Let's do it. I mean, it's been three years since we've
1: had a top-ten team come into Husky Stadium for this game. Like, we knew how that one ended last time. Huge game. So here they're coming in, man. 1 p.m. on Fox. It's number 9, 7-1 Utah Utes un- uh, against unranked 5-3 and three Washington. Utah opened as a 4.5-point favorite. That dropped down to 3.5. Over-under over has held at 47. So Vegas says something like 25-22 in the end. Money split, which I thought was really interesting, about 50% on each team. Uh, both of us 5-3 and three against the spread in the last eight. UW, 12-1 and one against Utah, and you could easily wow. say that Witt has a Husky problem. He's 1-6 against the Huskies. But this year's team, it's fair to say, Utah is the class of the conference. Mitch, what do you say, man? Tell me about death row defense. We're going up against this Utah offense, and they're no joke. Well, oh boy, man. If you thought the previous
2: team who will not be names running game was a test, in come the running Utes. Let's take a look at the last three games, all right? 50 carries for 231 yards against a pretty stout Cal defense, all right? Only 151 yards against ASU. So ASU did a pretty good job there. 42 carries for 256 yards against Oregon State, third game back, right? So, man, let's, let's just get the, the elephant. You know, right out there, right? The game revolves around um, whether that interior D-line can chip away and slow down Zach Moss, all right? They like to run it right up the gut. They are not messing around. There's no first day, take a little time here, slow play, anything.
0: Not going to be the wildcat in this game on the inside, Mitch? right?
2: You're going to get a steady diet of Zach Moss right up the gut, and you got to slow him down, and your linebackers have to be sound. They have to make tackles because if they miss, guess what? You're in big trouble with Zach Moss because he picks up steam as he goes. And he's physical, right? And honestly, that is not the strength of this Husky defense, right? You talk about the linebackers. There's been a lot of questions this year with that unit, right? Tyler Huntley, give him credit in that last game against Cal. He finishes 11 of 17 for 214 yards and a TD. There was a lot of speculation whether he could go at the beginning of that game. Came out balled out i thought got banged up kept playing jason shelley came in for a good portion of the third quarter and yep. on but tyler huntley was in there still quite a bit even when i thought that game was salted away a little bit i was kind of scratching my head and the announcer said the same thing and they were like what's whittingham doing like this game seems fairly in control why is huntley still out there but they felt like they needed him out there he's a leader of this offense and the thing about him is he's really good in the pocket that's where I think he's matured this year he's patient. from previous years. Before, he would make some pretty poor decisions, kind of throw the ball up for grabs. That hasn't happened this year, right? He's a much different quarterback. One there. interception this year. Much different. Crazy. So we're probably going to see a lot of him scrambling, what I'm worried about is kind of busted plays where he finds Moss in a check down kind of situation. That's where they really get chunky. yards open room. Yeah. Yep, yeah. that's really significant, all right? So that's what we're going to have to watch out for. So can Ryan Bowman, Benning Potai, that young d lineman disrupt enough? Can they do enough, right? Let that secondary do their thing. Um, you know, guys, I'm not seeing it. I think Jimmy Lake is going to have to – get out that stupid Raleigh fingers twist my mustache game call thing that he was doing in this last game against Oregon. I don't know how many times he did that on the sideline. If you rewatch that, super frustrating. Mitch, how could you rewatch that? Uh, It was terrible, (laughs) right? But I think what he's going to have to do, he's going to have to dial up more pressure from the secondary. He's going to have to put more corner blitzes in play, which is going to mean that guys are going to have to be really sound in one-on-one coverage on the back end to make up for some of these deficiencies over the middle. Right, and try and get some pressure on Huntley, get them a little bit off of their game. But guys, I think it's a tall
1: task. I don't know if they're going to be able to go to thirteen to one. It's going to be. They've got. They're going to have their hands full this week. It's going to have to be probably. If you think of all of the best moments that we have seen this team, times during BYU, times during USC, they're going to have to have four quarters of that to stop
0: these guys. And, and I mean, let's not undercut. I, I think they played. At least offensively played very well against Oregon for three quarters they played well yes. enough defensively uh, the the pieces are there it 's just a question of if you can put it together for sixty minutes and against good teams that's right you know we haven't done that yep um, and, and I look at Utah offense of their team may not be their strength, but it 's improved because Huntley is really taking care of the ball and Moss is what he is, and they bring in uh, all these starters back, taking a look at the defensive side of the ball. Um, They're they're fourth in advanced stats nationally. I mean, this, you know. Right. So I was going to go with this. Beta Rank has them, from our friends at 12 Pack Radio, Beta Rank has them number four in the nation, number two against the run, and number eight against the pass. This is death row-esque. Wow. Uh, Top of the conference in all categories. I mean, this is the defense we had for the last three seasons. We're going to be facing it. (laughs) <laughs> uh, on saturday yeah. so i just want to point out though something and that goes into these beta ranks the beta ranks weight the more recent games more strongly than the games at the beginning of the season the beginning of the season you might remember utah caught off to a little bit of a slow start yeah they beat byu 30 to 12 Eh, they beat northern illinois 35 17 meh yeah idaho state 31 nothing i mean that's a pretty bad team so and then they lost to USC of course thirty to twenty three. Since then though, in conference games thirty eight to thirteen over Wazoo, fifty two to seven over Oregon State, twenty one three over Arizona State, and then thirty five zip against Cal last week. And wow. that's the impressive one, yeah. Wow, I thought, that, that was an impressive. And obviously Cal been playing without Garbers, but just this is yep. just to say the last four weeks. Utah has really been turning it on. That's why their rankings are they're really climbing up in these rankings. Um, so obviously we have some common opponents in there, right? I mean, we beat BYU to a pulp, and, uh, and Utah had a little bit of trouble. With them. It's more of a rivalry game. Yep. Of course, we beat the Trojans, but then, of course, they beat with the shutout Cal 35-zip. But none of their wins have really been in any doubt, right? USC was the only team to keep them close, and they got them. So I think if we see a close game... You know, and we saw this what a couple of years ago. Last time they were in Husky Stadium, Whittingham really botched it at the end. Yeah, yeah. And so I think you know, if the Huskies can just keep it close defensively, um, I think that that's uh, going to be a good sign. But I mean, you know, a lot of these names are familiar to you guys, right? Bradley Anae is leading the, uh, the Utes seven sacks to the defensive end position. Julian Blackman is back at corner. He's got a couple picks. They've they've re- they've taken three picks back to the house. Um, so and, and this is the best d, d line huskies will probably face this season um, so they're, they're, the challenge is definitely you know this is definitely a big the biggest challenge we got but but then that said, the husky offensive line has you know they 've had their moments where they haven 't played up to up to how how well they could. But I mean, that's the strength of this team. Should be the strength. It, it should be the strength of this team. We should be able to lean on them and say, "Hey, we need you guys to hold it for sixty minutes, yep. so that we can open running lanes. We can give Easton time to throw." and then just let your play- i mean you've got to give it to your playmakers you've got to give them a chance in a game like this because you know we all saw last season it was byron murphy making a play in the pacto championship game that that iced it uh we saw you know gaskin making an amazing run in the in the first game we played against them last season where he broke that long touchdown run so um you know i think that's the this type of game big plays if we're on the right side of them we keep this game close i think we got a chance
1: yeah, you, I mean, you have to say that, like, Witt in general, and the Utah fans will say this, like, he has a Peterson problem. There's something that happens. I also yeah. think if you think that we have good coaches, well, they got a gift from the Pac-12. We've had two weeks to prepare. Now I have a home game against a team who played last week, and we know what that's done. Like, I think, we're, what is the, the Pac-12? We're like 6-0, at this point in the last three years. This, Everybody is, this wins is the
0: Oregon game. game last year in reverse, right? Yep, we're playing at totally. home, coming off a bye. They're coming off a tough game. It, complete, it completely is. And the one thing that's really interesting before I want to get into the special teams is
1: that we keep forgetting that yeah, they're the class of the conference, north or south. They are. They need help just to get into the conference championship, even if they went out. You keep forgetting that, that. Right now, USC. Right. If USC were to win out. That they'll they'll actually make and tech. USC's in the soft part of their schedule and too. U- USC is and they don't even play the last week. Like they they have a big uh, game up against Oregon against oh, Oregon this week. Crazy, but yeah. Now this is some interesting things. We we talked about the defense where I think it's look. It's fair to say that like their O against RD. They should have the better hand at, at this given how that they've played. and RD has struggled and that their defense it's fourth in the nation on Beta Rank. So they should have the advantage. Special teams is interesting. Utah has been lights out on special teams in recent years, but 2019 is a huge struggle for them. Think how much they're missing Matt Gay. Jason Redding, six of nine field goals with a long of just 42. No trust in him. They're Mitching. Remember Mitch Mitch Wisnowski? He was amazing. What a presence. What an absolute, I mean, just such a weapon that they had. Ben Lennon, he ranks just about dead last in the Pac-12. 39 yards a punt, though. One thing I think is really interesting if you're researching the punts is They've only punted. They only have 21 on the year. Like, this is how much they've controlled the clock right. and been efficient, is that they aren't punting that much. But when they have to, they, they, they lost that weapon. The return game has really struggled. Brick Covey's only played in four games. The injury bug has continued. Remember, like, yeah. back, he used to be such a weapon in the, re- yeah. in the return game. He's only played in four games. Or only return punts in four games. This has been UW's strong point somehow this year. Like, Peyton Perfection Henry, yet to miss. Right? Um... You know, I I, I think it's been great. Like all of our, like our punting has been great, um, and we have a touchdown return on the books. So it remains to be seen this week if we'll have Chico returning. But look in the, in the general in the special teams, like that's the one phase of the game where. Really cleaned, up from,
0: really cleaned up from last year, and it just it's making a difference. It's key, it's, you're not giving up short fields against teams when, you know, your defense isn't what it was. The defense bailed us out so many times right. these last three seasons on short fields and bad situations, turnovers, whatever it was. It's nice that the special team is contributing in that way to keep them from having to save the day every week. That's there right. won't be a liability. That's all we're asking,
1: right? Don't be a liability. That's right. So, guys, getting into this, I hate to say it. So what do you think, man? Give me some predictions. Give me some predictions. How are we feeling? I, I hate to say this and be a Debbie Downer, but
2: I'm not feeling great. I think just Utah is really balanced. And, I, you know, Dog, you mentioned it earlier. They're, they're the type of team that grinds. They'll, they'll grind yep. you away. And I just have not seen the balance yet from this Husky team to be able to, to withstand that. I think it's going to be a super tight game, but I think Whittingham – finally figures it out and I think it's like a
0: score like a weird score 21-18 Utah or something like that mm-hmm. alright I'm going to pull a little bit of a reversal here I I went off on the offense at the beginning of the show and I, I think we need to acknowledge that the last two weeks Arizona and Oregon they have come alive in a way that we haven't expected have, and they've been throwing the ball to their freshman receiver and they've been getting Jacob Eason going And they've been letting him air it out. And I think we are going to see a third week of it. And I think this Utah team has not faced an offense and a quarterback like they're going to face on Saturday. I like that we're at home. I like that we're coming off a bye. I know that I've been giving Bush Hamden a hard time. But I think the Huskies, this is the type of game that they have won in these last four seasons. And I think they do it again Saturday.
1: Wow. Okay. So, look, like it, it, like it. If
0: they've had two weeks to prepare
1: for this, yeah. That's I'm a, just gonna say this. I don't think that. Our, I love our death row D. I don't think that they can slow them down to keep this a low scaring game on on our side. I I I think Utah is probably gonna put up 24-27 plus on us, and then it's gonna be up to our offense to have two weeks to prepare. Um, I don't think we have Richard Newton back, which really hurts. Maybe McGrew is back and helps a little bit on the run game, but I, I think if this, if this is an Eason game and Fuller is back and we can somehow put up 37-plus, but if it's a low-scoring game, it's going to be Utes. Well, it, it, Tyler Huntley
0: has improved a lot. Yeah. But we have never I have never seen him on the field across from the Huskies and been afraid of what he could do. And I think that they've been beating up on some pretty lousy teams this year. And I think when they had a good team to play in USC, they and the backup quarterback in there, and so did we, by the way. Mm-hmm. But, yep. you know, I, I don't think that they've done it against good teams. And, and not that we have either, but I like that we're at home. I think this offense is starting to wake up a little bit. I hope they are. Defensively, I do think we've got a big challenge on our hands because how are you going to hold up in the fourth quarter with a lot of freshmen and sophomores and guys who maybe aren't used to a game like this? Certainly this defense has not played the Utes, whereas uh, the death row defense really flexed their muscles in those games in years past. So I think it's all going to come down to that D. I think you're right. If if Utah puts up a lot of points, um, it's going to be a long day. So we'll see. Yeah, Give me the know, dogs.
1: It, it, it,
2: I think it also comes back. There was a good point earlier around um, whether our very uh, veteran offensive line can establish itself, right? Because if we can keep them off of the field, then that's an interesting uh, angle here. But, man, they're going to have a tall order, and that's what I'm going to be watching for. Can, can the Huskies establish a ground game? and then that will make the game a lot more interesting in my mind.
1: Kyler Manu is going to have to have the game of his life. Yes, like our middle absolutely. linebackers are just going to have to, I mean, pull something out. But come on, go dogs, man. Wouldn't it be just great? Like, let's get, let's get into this.
0: Let's yep. get loud. If you're down yep. there at
1: Husky Stadium, get in the stadium at kickoff at 1 o'clock. Let's get loud. Let's show them what we have. Like, show them that we still got pride, and we we're aiming for that 10-win season that starts this
0: Saturday. This is a believe game. You, if you believe you're a player on this team, you're a fan of this team, you're a coach on this team, this is a game where you got to believe. And you just got to say, I believe and I'm all in and we're going for it. If you're, if you're going to hang them up and say, hey, we're not going back to the Rosewell this season and I just want to make it through the offseason and go to the NFL draft or whatever, then great. Peace be with you. But this is a believe game for the Washington Husky Pro.
2: And you know what? It's your house. Okay. Protect this house.
0: Right, protect, protect this it. house. Yeah, <laughs> guys, I love it. All right, go dogs. Let's get it done this Saturday.
1: Hey, should we get into the Pac-12 checkdown? Let's do it. Two sponsors this week. This week brought to you by the beautiful, legendary Roanoke Tavern up here in Motley, Just looking down on Husky Stadium, enjoying some nice IPAs. I mean, this is your spot for post-game, pre-game action, right?
0: So the Roanoke uh, is the loveliest brothel in the 206. Of course, I'm talking about the Mercer Island Roanoke. This (laughs) is the Roanoke Park Place, BT. And there is always a frosty IPA on draft for you anytime. Um, Just stop by. I mean, it's Taco Tuesday night. You know, the trivia, everything at the Roanoke here in the neighborhood. You might see a celebrity like Law
2: Dog. Yeah, you know, the best part about it, it hasn't changed in 20 years
1: since the last time we've been back (laughs) here, which is awesome.
0: (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it is. A
1: t- it's a time capsule of a bar. Exactly. I don't and, know that uh, they've
0: cleaned the bathroom in twenty years either. No, but no, they
1: It looks great. It, there's, there's, there's still a little penciled in on the wall there. I've called Law Dog for a good time that hasn't moved, guys. And uh, one more. How about Twelve Pack Radio, bringing us those advanced stats, the beta ranks that we keep referencing. If you, I mean, you're going to listen to our Amateur Hour J- JV pac 12 Checkdown,
0: but if you want real pac 12
1: content, go to Twelve Pack Radio. That's your podcast. That's where you hit up.
0: Brian Conger does a great job covering, uh, doing Wildcat Radio, doing 12-pack radio. He's a great host down in Tucson. throws uh, a great tailgate. And I, I love supporting their podcast. They do a great job of it. I do, yeah.
1: especially after whipping their ass in football down in Tucson with our, our road show. Even better guy. He Even asked better me, guy. He, he asked me
0: for a prediction before the game, and I said, remember, we were feeling a little bit tenuous after that Stanford oh yeah. game, right? I said, literally no outcome will surprise me. You guys could kill <laughs> yeah. us. We could yeah. kill <laughs> you. Right. I, and he said, Really? He didn't believe it, but... Eh. <laughs>
1: hey, I'm, glad, I'm glad it worked out and again. You know, 12-pack radio, that's where you go. All right, let's get into it, man. So, look, this is interesting this week. Just four games. So, Stanford, Cal, Arizona State, and Wazoo. All those taking catnaps this week. If you're in Pac-12 Fantasy, you better get your buys getting going, man, because there's not a lot of, pe- uh, of players to play this week. We already talked about the big game at, at 1. 1.30 on Pac-12 Network. It's 3-4 Oregon State at 4-4 four and four, Arizona. Zo- zona favored by five and a half. They're just doing it two, uh, two against five against the spread. Oregon State's five and two against the spread, which I can't even believe, man.
0: Over under 71, Vegas wants a shootout in this thing. Weird. Yeah. What do you say? It's going to be a shootout. I mean, neither team can play any defense. But tell me which one of you guys would have predicted that Oregon State would be ahead of the Huskies in the Pac-12 North standings we really have to get as to we sit here on Halloween. I just think you got to tip your cap, Jonathan Smith. They are moving the ball, and they got a sixth-year senior quarterback in Jake Luton. That's right. And you know we don't talk about this enough, but this used to be a really a senior quarterback league, and yeah. you had your yeah, senior right. quarterback. You were going to be a contender. You're going to be in every game. Look at Oregon this season, but look at Cal. Look at Chase Garbers. He was having, he was moving the ball and doing really well. And now look at Jake Luton. I mean, they're they're uh, five and two against the spread, like you said, two and two. I I. I got to tip my cap to them. I mean, they, Jonathan Smith had nothing when he got there. Give me the beavers, man. I'm taking them over the over the cats. There we plus go. five and a half. There we go. I just don't know how
2: well beavers do in the desert. That's the thing. It's just so hot down there. So hot down there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, you got to tip your cap to uh, Jonathan Seward, what he's doing down there. Jonathan Smith, sorry. Uh, and, I, man, I wouldn't be surprised. Arizona has just been so up and down with Sumlin. As the coach, there really has not been a lot of consistency.
1: You know what? I like the Beavers as well. It's tough. I mean, they fired yeah. their DC, and it's like, does the team rally around in that, or is there too Is there too That's much? That's the X factor. You just never yeah. know. No, you, 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 you don't. And like, I think they would admit as well, Like, they just have not figured out how to use Khalil Tate um, but it's it's tough to say. I, I, remember at the beginning uh, our uh, our Pac-12 North preview show, I thought the best bet on the uh, total wins on the year was Oregon State, where it was like you know it's two. What's the worst thing you're going to get back your money? They're going to get two wins, like you're yeah, going to get back your money. You but look, you called look, that. Well, look where they've ended up, man. Look where they've ended up. The other big one on the calendar. This one is huge. So just keep your keep your TV on Fox after the game, 5 p.m. on Big Fox. It's number seven Oregon against USC. Oregon started as a one and a half point favorite. It's four and a half now. Wow, USC with a USC with a lifetime thirty eight twenty, dominating lead over Oregon lifetime. What do you say about this one? Four and a half points for Oregon. This is a big one. I don't know who takes them out if USC doesn't.
0: Yeah, I, I think mean, it's time we just accept that Oregon is going to win this conference, or at least going to win the north. They're going to win the, yeah, the north. Gonna, the the, the, the north, north is in the back, and, and, and I think. Uh, this is probably their biggest challenge. They 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 are at USC this week. They've got
1: both the they got the Arizona schools after this, and they've got Oregon State to finish the year.
0: Yeah, so they're in California. You know, I, I think Oregon is. Uh, they they kind of limped through that Cougar game last week. Uh <laughs> barely got through there. Um, you know, I just don't. I think the Trojans are. Um, I just don't think they, they are what they could be, and I, I think they're dead men walking. I, I don't see them. They'll get up for this game, but I, don't, I just don't think they have the talent. I'm going to take the Ducks.
2: Yeah, I mean, it, what is it, Slovis that's starting now? Slovis is, yep. For, for SC. Um, look, they're rallying, but that was a close game against Colorado that they played last week, right? They had to come back uh, uh, against the Colorado squad that's really struggled. Oregon's pretty pretty balanced. I would be surprised if SC had enough to pull it off. But I'll tell you, as a Washington fan, I kind of hope that, of course, obviously SC does. And there's some prayer that Clay Helton... Holds on to his job for one more year.
0: Uh, with the <laughs> AD oh fired gosh. already, I just I think that <laughs> that is just like totally wishful thinking. Well, they're just, all it's a clean house this this offseason.
1: Well, with the salt on the wound is what Ed Orgeron is doing right now. Oh yeah, of course. If you're just watching this as a fan, uh, though, I, I, the one thing I'll say about SC is that I, d- I actually do like Keaton Slobos. I think he's a good QB. I like what this freshman running back they put in, Keenan Christon, is doing. After all the injuries that they've had, of Veva Malpai, um, you know Tyler Bonds, etc. Like there, I, I think they're. I have a feeling that they're going to put up a really good fight, and like if you're an Oregon fan, I don't a like I don't know how you look yourself in the mirror, but b like you in general, <laughs> they're squeaking by. They're squeaking by every game. Somebody's going to get them, and who has more to play for here? Right. It's SC. Oregon's already in. Like or o- Oregon's in, they've got the North. They're playing for the Pac-12 championship. They might see SC twice, or they might see Utah, depending on right. how this game goes on Friday but SC is playing for their life and they always have that talent. I think this is a really close game and nothing would surprise me now.
0: Let's just agree. We all talked about how we wanted the rising tide to lift all boats of the Pac-12 conference when we were at the top of it. Mm-hmm. Now when it's Oregon, I could care less if they make the college football playoff or go to the oh, Red yeah. Box Bowl. I don't care. I'm rooting for USC. I just I, yeah. do, I do think this Oregon team I think they're going to have enough to win this game. I don't think this is a great team that's going to win the pl- college football playoff or maybe even make it there, but I think they've got enough for this game. So,
1: Hey, in the words of Sarkeesian, blank, blank, fight on. <laughs> Go get them, guys. So the last one, uh, last one of the day, the late game, 6 p.m. on Pac-12 Network. It's 3-5 and 5 CU against 3-5 and 5 UCLA. Salt in the wound, do we need to bring this up that UCLA has a better conference record than we do? I mean, this, this is where things just get get nasty. Bruins favored by just three and a half in the Rose Bowl. What do you say?
0: They're favored, BT. I mean, I think we should start there. Yeah. I I mean, I think we all left them for dead as a total dumpster fire, and everyone was ready to fire Chip. And let's face it, I mean, they lost to San Diego State for the first time in program history. They got absolutely slaughtered by Oklahoma at home. They lost to Cincinnati. I mean, yeah, they got smoked. They did the Pac-12 no favors, and they absolutely looked abysmal for the first three weeks. And then they the biggest cougar of all time oh. in the biggest oh, yeah. in the best Pac-12 after dark of sometime. all time, yep. and it kind of got them going a little bit. I mean, of course they lost the Beavers. I don't know what to make of these guys. You know what though? I am going to take the Bruins. I I I have always trusted Chip Kelly as a coach. I don't like him. I don't like the Bruins. I want him to go away. But I think they're going to win this one. Uh, it's three and a half. It's kind of a lot to lay against the bus, but give it to me.
2: You know what? I, I think this is a classic trap game for the Bruins. You know what? Chipster, he's back on his high horse. You know, they got a little momentum going. But I love his face when just it just looks such, <laughs> such a terrible product on the field. Yeah. And he squats down. It's like he's constipated on the feeling. He's what, got all his armor, ar- Under Armour gear on. How far he's have I got fallen? A scowl on his face of just like, why did I take this job? Can someone, please remind me why did I? It's like he doesn't even have any toilet paper sitting over there. This is terrible. Or feelings. Yeah.
0: <laughs> After this, they go to Utah. Yeah. Oh, they're, yeah. At, they're, get they're at they're at USC for the the, the, the victory bell. And then they got Cal at home last week. I don't know what – is Garber's out for the year? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Yeah. So maybe that's a win, but, I mean, they're staring down the barrel. Let's not get too excited about these guys. I mean, I I still think they're probably a real long shot for a bull. But if they're going to do it, they got to win Saturday.
2: Right. And it's just been such a weird experiment, too, where they bring in this very seasoned coach. Everybody's really excited. Recruiting has been very odd, right? Like, who are they targeting? Who are they not? And, you know, like, Dorian Thompson-Robinson, like, what, number one overall recruit and all that kind of stuff yep. has looked pretty terrible at times. Really terrible. Has caused his own fumbles multiple times.
0: Well, a lot of people said Jaden McDaniels, the ASU quarterback, was in the bag for them if they had only recruited him. And would you rather have him or Whoa. DTR I mean, right like now? I think yeah. that's
2: clear yeah. now. Yeah. Yeah, super clear, right? Uh, so I, I'm going to see you. I'm going to the Buffs here
1: a little bit. I like it. The the wheels come off the bus on the UCLA train. I like it. And this is, look, if they were like they did last year, though, remember the Bruins were a second half of the season team last year when they really hit their stride. And could that be the same thing this week? Um, And I know CU is obviously going through a tough time. Remember how high they have been this year when they beat Nebraska. They had just like one loss. They're tied for the first in the South and where they're at right now. Been a real, real tough season. Um, Guys, so last thoughts, man. Big game on Saturday, 1 p.m. on Fox. Down at Husky Stadium, get loud, get in the stadium, be there on time. Let's get that win, go dogs, eh? No. no. Touchdown,
0: Washington. Yep. Yeah. Washington State University. No. Touchdown, Washington.
1: Yep. Yeah. Oregon and Stanford. No. Touchdown, Washington. Yep. Yeah. Is Arizona
2: State a football team? No.
0: Touchdown, Washington. <laughs> yep. Yeah.